Welcome to the Winter Maintenance Podcast, Episode 13, a TRB presentation on SafeLane by Wilf Nixon. I'm your host, Dwayne Collett. At the 2007 TRB Annual Meeting, Wilf Nixon presented results of a study he conducted on SafeLane's performance during winter. In this episode, Wilf provides us a summary of that study. Thanks again for joining us. You presented a paper on winter performance of safe lane overlays. Can you give us a summary of that? Surely. I had done a study over the 2005-2006 winter season on the performance of an overlay system known as the safe lane overlay system that is, among other things, supposedly keeps anti-icing or de-icing chemicals on the roadway more effectively uh, than other overlays or road surfaces. What the paper was talking about was summarizing the results that we got from that winter season. There were eight sites, and uh, there's a full-blown report on the SafeLane website, but what I summarized in the paper was, first of all, the very good news was there was absolutely no indication that this particular overlay, given that it maintains the liquid in it over time, created any problems with chemical slipperiness. There was some concern if you're putting a liquid down on a road that you might give rise to a slippery condition, and that was never observed during the last winter. The second thing then was performance. How well did the safe lane overlay perform in comparison to other overlays or control sections that were nearby or adjacent to the test site. A number of the test locations were on bridges, and in five of those cases, I believe, we had a control section right next to the test section. So two lanes of the bridge would be covered with safe lane, and the two lanes going in the other direction would not be covered in safe lane. And that gave us an excellent opportunity for direct comparisons, and we took use of that. Obviously, whenever you're doing uh, field testing like this, one of the things you can guarantee is that Mother Nature is not necessarily going to cooperate with you. And you may recall that for significant parts of the country last year, the winter was relatively mild, certainly in comparison to what we're getting here in the Midwest this winter and certainly in the Northeast this winter. Having said that, there were a number of cases where we've got good data where for a number of storms we were able to compare how the test site and the control site worked in comparison with each other. A large part of the report was presenting those results and discussing them. And perhaps the most important set of results in that regard came from one site in Indiana near South Bend where they had a test and control site right next to each other, one westbound, one eastbound. And what they found was that the control site did not fare nearly as well as the test site. The test site was much better at preventing the formation of any bond 
between the snow and ice and the pavement. When snow did begin to accumulate on the test section, it could be removed more easily. And finally, that the amount of um, chemical needed to keep the test section in great shape was about half of the amount of chemical used on the control section. And even though they used half the amount of chemical, they had a better level of service or better road surface condition on the safe lane covered test site than on the control test site. So from the point of view of what we might term the um, operational performance of the bridge or the bridges, the safe lane sites, there were a number of on-ramps and off-ramps. They gave us better performance in winter weather condition and there's strong evidence as well that they attained that better performance with a lower application rate of chemicals. Uh, in the particular case of the Arm Bridge, the South Bend Bridge, that was, I believe, half the quantity of chemical uh, required to maintain a better level of service on the safe lane side. They got that with half the amount of chemical that they used on the uh, control section, the untreated side, and got a better level of service. The thing that we were looking at was safety benefits. Did having the safe lane overlay lead to a decrease in accidents? Uh, now, this is tricky because obviously any safety study crashes are relatively rare occurrences. So to get a really good picture of whether or not a change in the crash rate has occurred, you would typically need multiple years of data. Nonetheless, we uh, were able on the basis of what we saw last winter in comparison with previous winters to tentative findings. One case uh, in a bridge in Wisconsin that has had the overlay on for three years now, whereas before they would get three or four winter-related crashes each winter, since they installed the overlay, they've not had any winter-related crashes. They see this as an enormous benefit for them. Uh, another circumstance was an off-ramp on the Ohio Turnpike, I believe, where they would get the previous two years before getting Safelane installed, they'd had nearly 50 um, spin-out accidents related to winter weather. And in this past winter, that number dropped to three. And all three of those seem to have been more issues of uh, excessive speed rather than winter weather causing the spin-out. In all of the areas that we studied, the, uh, and that was all the areas where the safe lane overlay had been applied, they experienced either fewer accidents than they had previously or no accidents at all. So it would appear from a preliminary level that we're seeing a benefit in safety as well. And we would expect that given the improved performance under winter weather conditions that we found in terms of the operational evaluation. So I guess the bottom line from last winter's study was putting the safe lane overlay down doesn't create any problems with application of chemicals. In terms of operational performance, the evidence strongly suggests it provides a better level of service with less chemical, uh, and in one case with half as much chemical than the nearby control section. And finally, uh, it begins to appear, albeit 
it's preliminary after only one uh, winter, but it begins to appear that there is a real safety benefit to the safe lane overlay. This winter, uh, I think there'll be 30 uh, road sites with safe lane that we're gathering data for. And uh, in the spring, if it ever arrives, we'll be uh, presenting the results of those via a sort of webcast, I would imagine. So ongoing studies to try and see whether we can, you know, uh, you never want to uh, base your data on one winter. Uh, in essence, what we're trying to show in this coming winter to demonstrate whether or not last winter was just a lucky winter. I don't for a minute, by the way, believe it was. I think this is a product that does perform very well, that does by its nature retain the chemical more effectively than other road surfaces. And uh, given that it does that, it appears to provide significant benefits both operationally and in terms of safety. Uh, so um, my own feeling on this is while, again, we're in a preliminary stage, uh, the results so far are extremely favorable. What is the overlay? What's it made out of? Uh, like most overlays, it's an epoxy-based overlay, uh, and it's a mixture of a certain epoxy and a certain aggregate. It's uh, described in a patent. I can't tell you the patent number, but uh, it's uh, a patent uh, that this was developed under, and in essence, it acts as a hard sponge. The um, particular aggregate apparently has lots of nooks and crannies in it where the uh, liquid chemicals can be stored, and uh, it thus is much less prone to then washing off or being splashed off the pavement. Uh, it's put down in a typically a multi-layer process where you apply the epoxy and then you put the aggregate on it and then you apply some more epoxy and put some more aggregate on it. And uh, in that regard, it's, it's very similar on one level to other epoxy-based overlays, uh, which are gaining popularity because they will seal off, for example, a bridge deck from subsequent penetration by water or chemicals and thus preserve the bridge deck for longer. The special thing about this overlay is the aggregate and the way that the aggregate improves the winter maintenance performance of the overlay uh, appears to be a significant added benefit. How does the cost compare with other overlay products? Um, my understanding is, and I'm not an expert on the pricing, but I understand that to install this, it's something in the region of 8 to $10 a square foot. And my understanding is that is not at all out of line for other epoxy-based overlays. Now, I'm sure there are a bunch of other overlays, uh, some of which I have no doubt would be uh, cheaper than the 8 to $10 a square foot installed that I've mentioned. But I understand as well that uh, from the point of view of uh, epoxy overlay cost, uh, these costs in the range of 8 to $10 would be um, very typical, again, from what I understand. So that's, um, uh, I'm not fully cognizant of the, the pricing, and there may be some issues, you know, who's going to do the overlay and, and so on and so forth. But my understanding is this isn't something that is hugely expensive as overlays go.
Do you have your final report available? Is it going to be available on uh, TRB or ASHTO website? Uh, the final report for last winter is available on the SafeLane website, and I'll send you an email with the uh, website address for that in it. I can't remember it at the moment, but I'll get that to you so you can put that on the web. Okay. Okay. Very good. Excellent. Very good. And uh, if there's somebody that has questions, should they just uh, contact me and I'll forward them on to you, or do you want to provide some contact information? Um, yeah, they can uh, always email me. You've got my email, so you can put that as a link by these podcasts at wilfred-nixon at uiowa.edu. Okay, very good. All right. And uh, thanks again for joining us and providing us with this information and hopefully the winter's not being too hard on you up there <laughs> well thank you for having me uh the winter it's um i think inevitably everyone is complaining about the winter because that's what we always do but i think the reality of it is this is much more a normal uh iowa winter than the past few have been um and uh it's about time we got a fairly normal winter uh, it's it's cold, but the sun's shining, and, uh, you know, that's not so bad. We'll survive. Yeah, that's right. Well, I agree. I think this is more typical winter. I think we had a series of very mild winters in there for a number of years, and we right. all forgot what will, real winter is like. I agree with you completely. We've, we've had it too good for too long. <laughs> well, it makes good for the uh, outdoor sports and also for doing uh, winter maintenance research when we get bad winters. Exactly. We couldn't ask for a better situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks ever so much, Dwayne. Well, thank you, and you take care, and uh, hopefully we'll run into you again sometime. Let's hope so. Our thanks again to Wilf for taking the time to share the results of this study with us. Send me your comments and suggestions for this podcast. Use the Contact Me button on the website to send me an email or use our comment line at 206-309-0845 to leave a voice message. This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons 2.5 license. Thanks for listening, and so long for now.